0: Are feeling really down about yourself for a long time like just say one thing you like about yourself out loud you don't even have to believe it but just speaking it into the universe i think if you speak negative things out of course you're gonna feel that like obviously and just saying one positive thing can really change it for you.
1: Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by twenty somethings for twenty somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real—an absolute riot these days. If
2: it isn't over the top, it ain't us.
1: They came out of college on top, then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please.
2: Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now.
1: Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your twenties. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby, and I'm Ashley. Good lord, it's already season. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it.
2: What the hell is going on, you guys? Happy Friday. Happy hour. It's another weekend, and there's been a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and there's a lot about to happen, so
1: we got to catch you guys up. I feel like we have endured many trials and tribulations, particularly with illness in the last month. And we will endure more with trials and tribulations within the next week.
2: (laughs) Many, many ailments. So to outline the issues that have been going on and just everything swirling around, this week has been a fever dream for me personally. I was lucky enough to get food poisoning for the first time in my entire adult life and that was quite the experience and I
1: will tell you where I got it from Ashley I know where it's, it's not from. food poisoning it's a stomach bug you're not gonna no. get a delayed reaction two days later that's not what the internet
2: said I think it's food poisoning and I think I got it from Nomzilla Saturday night East Nashville everyone
1: stay away <laughs> Do you think the parasite was festering in your bowels for 48 hours <laughs>
2: I don't know. So my boyfriend got sushi and I got some type of teriyaki chicken bowl thing. And I had one bite of his sushi because I can't go through a single meal without eating some of his food as well. And he ate the whole roll and he was violently ill the next day for 24 hours. And then I got it the following day after that. So I thought I was in the clear. I was like, good, I'm in full health. And then all of a sudden it hit me like a truck and it was criminal.
1: I know that we're living in the digital age and we're living <laughs> in the 21st century and all of that, but something digital natives, digital natives. But something about having fish in a landlocked state still doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me either. But sometimes
2: I just feel the urge, and no, I agree by. with you. We pass by Nomzilla all the time, and my boyfriend's always like, "We have to go," and I'm like, "No, we're not going to a place called Namzilla." And then we went, and what happened? We both violently vomited and shit our pants.
1: Especially in a cosmopolitan city. It's not like you are you are in Smallville, USA. But I still have an uh, issue with landlocked seafood. Was the place empty inside, or was it, like, bustling?
2: No, it was bumping, and apparently people go there all the time, and my coworker said that she likes going there, so now I just feel gypped of the whole thing.
1: Why can't you accept that maybe he had an actual stomach bug and then you got it from him? I guess I can
2: accept it, but I think food poisoning is more chic, so I'd like to go with that.
1: (laughs) So it tested you um, mentally and physically?
2: Mentally and physically, and then it really was just 24 hours of feeling deathly ill, but then thank God I had Bridgerton season two to keep me going because I watched the whole season in pretty much two sittings. You said you um, still haven't eaten, though. No, no. I can barely eat, which is – a blessing and a curse but I feel like mostly it's just I have no energy like I'm so dehydrated from that 24 hours of not being able to keep anything in my body and just feeling so lethargic but I'm gonna power through thank god it happened this week and not next
1: you know that episode of Spongebob where he's pouring sweat either hammer or Squidward and it shows zooms in and they reach out with their two front teeth to take the tiniest bite of the food because mm-hmm. I think their stomachs are upset or something <laughs> that's how I pictured you <laughs>
2: That's when Squidward eats the Krabby Patty for the first time, and then he eats a dozen of them, and it all goes to his thighs. (laughs) 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 That show is so underrated.
1: So thank God you weren't facing this trial and tribulation next week because we will be at Stagecoach.
2: And we're so freaking excited! We our whole friend group has had these tickets for two
1: years. Count them, two. Like more, we bought them like in twenty nineteen.
2: Yeah, we bought them. It was supposed to be our last hurrah before college graduation, circa May twenty twenty. Don't talk, don't talk to us about it. We're depressed.
1: It should still be our last hurrah. And we should call it quits after this. Maybe this is all that our friendship has been leading up to. Is just the- this is the culmination <laughs> just- of everything that there is. Yeah, everything that there could possibly be and everything that we are made of. And then we should call it quits after. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Where do I sign? Start fresh, Um, start anew. No, but we're really excited.
2: I have bought my outfits so long ago. People are sending me recommendations. I made a PowerPoint. Um, clearly festival season like half the fun is what you look like and the cute pictures you're going to take and remember the memories forever but I'm absolutely thrilled to see Cody Johnson and Luke Combs and also Carrie Underwood even though people love to hate on Carrie I have wanted to see her since I was a young child and I am excited I have some
1: hot takes <laughs> on Carrie they, or Stagecoach. on Carrie I just have I'm not the biggest fan when it comes to country music of female country singers and let me elaborate you and everyone else (laughs) I think because it's when I want to listen to country music it's more so the type of stuff that the male country singers sing about rather Mm -hmm. than the female ones I think that's where I'm coming from like Brothers Osborne it's like a, a good time like stay a little longer good times Carrie Underwood it's like cheating on your boyfriend or Miranda Lambert's building a house or like stuff like that <laughs> she's not building the house the house built her the house that built me <laughs> and I think that I am going to um enjoy watching Carrie Underwood but I feel like it's more of a time and place and Stagecoach might not be it in my heart and soul okay that's fair I think we're just gonna well, have to she play gets up year, But regardless with Luke Combs I'd be thrilled together oh my gosh that'd be so exciting but um, regardless, the I'm just excited
2: for the fun, for all of us to be together. The outfits, of course, Palm Springs. It's my first time in Palm Springs. It's a lot of ours, actually. And just having ourselves a weekend.
1: Let's wake up at 4 a.m. to get there. <laughs> it's from the crack of dawn. Exactly.
2: We need to make
1: as many memories
2: as we possibly can. That's How many- what
1: I'm signing up for. 12 hours. We can go out on Thursday night and camp in the car.
2: Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's exciting. That's on the horizon. And then something else that's going on, not not to add to my plate of everything going on, but I'm also moving downtown to an apartment in Nashville from my house out in the boonies. And I'm so excited. It's not really the boonies. It's like 12 minutes from downtown, but who's to say. I'm so excited. I'm going to be able to walk everywhere to the bars, to the gym, to my work, and just live in a little downtown high rise like all the girls that I looked up to growing up in all those movies. So I cannot wait. What about the cats
1: that um, nurse from you?
2: They're staying here. You I know, know they're not mine. What about their
1: emotional bond with you? Um, I don't think they're gonna
2: miss me. You're fond and... of kicking
1: animals to the curb, so what? What? I guess it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> that makes me sound like a
1: horrible person. You're famous for kicking animals to the curb.
2: I got a Craigslist cat over quarantine, and Ashley will never let me forget it. I had him for four months on my own ish, and then and it
1: was three months too long.
2: Yeah, and then I just fell out of love with him, and some cats, as cat lovers know, just don't take to you. They don't choose you. They don't pick you. They don't love you, and so I had to leave him at my family ranch, where he lives a very You didn't life have and gets, to leave him. Well, I wasn't going to bring him to Nashville. I wasn't going to bring him cross-country when
1: he doesn't you even originally show me any were. affection. <laughs> you didn't, didn't have to leave him. You said, me, scram punk.
2: You're right. The thing about cats I'm realizing is I'm just really not about the litter and the indoorsness of it all. And it's just yeah. it's smelly and I'm sorry. Like I love cats, but I don't love taking care of cats. And that's just some that's just a me thing. That's something
1: yeah. I learned. It ends with us. I was pleasantly surprised because I liked it more than I thought I would. And it was a lot more insightful than I give Colleen Hoover credit for. And also mm-hmm. we have a cast list that we will be posting tomorrow on Friday. Um here's
2: my bone. What were your takeaways? Hoover. Oh, okay. In general, everyone is raving about her books. They're all anyone talks about. Cool, cool, cool. Great. I love romance. I love a good story, like the next girl. And so I thought I would be all up into this bish. And Verity blew me away. And it ends with us blew me away. And I've read a lot of her books at this point. And to be honest, some of them just aren't anything to call home about. And I'm so sorry. I I wish. I wish I could get on the train, but personally, some of the books I think there's just too many sex scenes in. Like, I love a sex scene, don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's like, there's too much. I'm like, where is the actual story? Where is the content? Where is the plot moving forward besides oh, just really? like having sex? Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: I've only read Verity and It Ends With Us, and that's probably all I'm going to read. From her okay well if i read another one that i
2: think is worth it for you i will let you know yeah
1: keep vetoing them for me but i've them. read
2: about four or five others other than those two and none of them live up to it but it ends with us not to be a debbie downer it ends with us was amazing it was incredible i
1: agree
2: and i think it's a very important
1: also if anyone's friends with colleen herself let her know to tone down on the sex scenes
2: <laughs> just on some of them you know it's like come on man
1: Also, for me, I just feel like there's so many books I want to read. Like, I don't need to keep reading the same Mm -hmm. story again and again. Oh, I think it ends with us is something that a lot of girls need to read, especially in their early 20s, early Mm -hmm. and mid 20s. And I had a bone with it to pick at the beginning because I wasn't sure if we were supposed to like or not like the main guy. Like, were we supposed to see the red flag? Because I saw them all. I think we were,
2: but the issue with that is that everybody has red flags and some people are really drawn to that personality toxic of just being personality. pompous and just really straightforward. And I kind of liked it, but not in a way that I would build my life with this person, but like, I'd like to see where it goes.
1: I'm all for the big ego, but I thought he had zero boundaries whatsoever. Mm. Like inviting himself after a week to dinner with your mom, showing up at your apartment all the time, moving in without really asking you. But the
2: thing is, she loved all that about him. Like the only issue with him was that she had had her head under a rock.
1: If (laughs) she had her head under a rock, (laughs) if you were telling me all those things verbatim that I was reading that were happening, I would tell you this is a bad idea. This is headed for disaster.
2: You're right. You would, and the thing this is, guy's it's also great with manipulation because she's tactics. best friends with the sister.
1: I thought it was so unrealistic, but I loved it, and I thought she played it off com- as well as she possibly could have. Colleen, that uh, the sister stayed best friends with her, but also was still like sisters with the brother. Totally, I'm like, like it was very impartial. Yeah, there's no way that would work. happen. But I thought she did a really good job of making it happen.
2: It was interesting. I feel like the difference between this book and some of her other books was I really fell in love with the characters and the journeys that each of the characters were having. And I felt like I got a deep insight. I'm not sure if it's because we got to see them from way back in their past or what, and that added a certain layer to it, but I liked that she had a flower shop and I liked that she was in this city and they were all living in this apartment and that, that lady was rich, but they didn't care about being rich. Like it was all yeah. so interesting.
1: I think cause there was a lot more depth to this book. Also, and of course, there's exceptions, but I thought it was so unrealistic that this 23-year-old girl living in Boston, a city, Boston, Chicago, LA, you know, was getting married <laughs> and owning a well, flower shop. she was like 25 up? by that point. I guess. It just seemed unrealistic given the modern day, like, city living. Owning her own business was a stretch, but I also think it's because she got some money when her father passed yeah. away. Yeah. It was a good leap into the unknown. Hop, but- skip, and a jump, if you will a hop, skip and a jump. Also, my other bone to pick with Colleen is (laughs) that we're just on Colleen today. Well, I really did like the book. Honestly, I give it a 4.75 out of five. However, my bone to pick with Colleen is that it's so silly the name she gives all her characters. Like it's okay to have one silly Mm -hmm. name here and there. But Atlas, Ryle, Verity, like all of it is too much
2: ryle bothered me to no end atlas for some reason i was okay with i don't know why but ryle lily was bloom so close to Ryan or bloom like can we just pick one
1: <laughs> lily, lily bloom it was all too much for me are the rest of her books like that well i think well i think a p- part of
2: it is that when you read books it, the whole point of it is to take you out of your current reality and since she's telling normal stories about normal people that aren't super fictional it's like at least make their names fake-ish sounding, so that it's like, oh, I'm reading a story. Like this is all fake and fun yeah. and games. I think that's why they do it. But what do I know? The one I just read had Tate was the main girl, and Miles as a normal name. Okay. And Corbin was her brother, which is also a normal name. So that one's not so bad.
1: It's not too far out of reality. Would you rate that one? Wait, what, what? Which one was it?
2: Ugly Love, and again all my friends raving about this book, talking about how they cried and there were certain parts that were really endearing about this book I will give it that there were certain parts of it where I was like okay like this is good this is pulling on my heartstrings but there there there's so many things where I'm just like I would have done this differently like I don't I don't know again too much sex for me and then also it's basically about friends with benefits like the whole book the guy doesn't allow her to talk about anything important because he doesn't want to fall in love with her or whatever but then by the end he like realizes of course he's in love with her but I'm like how are you in love with her you guys didn't talk about anything important at all nothing
1: also I just like I said there's so many books I want to read you just told me the entire book in three sentences
2: yeah, but there's also like a secondary, like a supporting plot line, which was far more interesting okay. than the actual plot line, which played into it. So that part was interesting. And again, the ending was endearing. But there was that whole middle chunk where basically they're just having sex a lot, all the time. That's vividly described, which is
1: fun a little bit. But then I'm
2: also like, where is the actual
1: plot? Like, where's the story going? I'll maintain that Kristen Hanna is a grown up Colleen Hoover. <laughs> okay, I haven't read. Have I read Kristen Hanna? Firefly Firefly Lane. Oh, did she write Great Alone? Or is it someone yeah. Else? Great okay, alone. that's my
2: next book. Mark my By, words.
1: Yes, please read that one next. Mark em. Totally off topic of Colleen Hoover, but I read a fabulous nonfiction book. Um, It was called Into Thin Air. It's about <laughs> climbing Mount Everest. It was a quick read. Oh my and I loved it so much because there's also a great movie with um, Jake Gyllenhaal and... Jakey G... Who's the older brother in The Goonies? What's his name? Josh Brolin. Biggest disaster ever happened on Everest. A bunch of people died. You just told me the whole (laughs) plot in 30 seconds. (laughs) Well, it's like Titanic, you know? What's up? (laughs) You're like boat crashes, everyone dies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: All jokes aside, Ashley and I are so excited for Stagecoach. As you can tell, I'm so excited to not be puking my guts out at Stagecoach. And I'll be Ubering to the airport in my new apartment, reading my new Colleen Hoover book. So we're so excited. All good things are happening
1: are you excited ashley is that enough time to get into the book isn't it like an 18 minute drive
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'll be you're right i'll be bringing the great alone by Chris and hannah that's what i'll be oh bringing.
1: get into that one we don't do anything on thursday we don't have any fun we just read out loud yes. we get so distracted we miss um who's performing like luke combs who's performing friday night we're thomas red instead. get it right thomas we have red. a powerpoint we're reading instead um, yeah bring the great alone
2: okay so exciting can't wait to read aloud with you all in the heat of palm springs by the pool if um, you enjoyed this episode, this episode make sure you subscribe on apple fun, spotify yes, or wherever you get your podcasts and go ahead and leave us a review she and she an if you're looking for even more fun relatable comedic content follow us on instagram in and tiktok right. at just go with it dot podcast that's all for now and don't forget to just eight, go with meaning it meaning to just bring light to those girls in those middle sizes that aren't stick skinny size zero and they aren't considered curvy or plus size. Just the underrepresented area in the fashion market that doesn't get talked about a lot. And she's really bringing light to that and talking about the body confidence movement, which is so exciting to see. So we pick our brain on everything from growing up in a famous family with a famous sibling to what it was like traveling the world with her and how she started getting into the content that she makes today. So we can't wait to talk to Logan and we hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Just Go With It, everyone. Happy Friday, happy hour. Hopefully it's sunny wherever you're listening this week. We are very excited to bring on a very special guest who you may know her from TikTok, Miss Logan Hill. I have a fun story of how I met her. So I've been following Logan on TikTok for a long time and watching her fashion content, her beauty content, and um, just really enjoying all the things that she's been putting out. And a couple weeks ago, I was invited as a plus one to some random Soho house event in Nashville, which was like the small little indie concert um, for 20 somethings. And so I was really grateful to be able to go to that. And I noticed that Logan was in attendance. And so me being my bold self said I must walk up to her and meet her and ask her to come on the podcast because I needed to have a conversation with her. And so the rest was history. So welcome, Miss Logan. We're so excited to have you.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys.
2: Yes. So you moved from LA to Nashville recently. Let's just open it up with that. What, what caused that move? Because that's a big, big decision.
0: I lived in LA for six years. I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. And during the pandemic, the California prices just didn't make sense anymore. And we have been coming to Nashville a little bit and kind of just decided on a whim to move out here six months ago. Um, and we bought a place for an investment and then ended up saying that we would give it a year and see if we liked living somewhere new. And I had lived somewhere for so long, it was kind of like a nice change to live somewhere else. So we decided on Nashville.
2: Very cool. Ashley can attest to the California prices. She's in LA. Yeah,
1: I don't want to talk yeah. about it. Um, so, will you be back in California next weekend for Stagecoach then? Yes, I'm going to
0: stagecoach. I'm actually, I go back quite a bit. I go back probably a week out of the month just for work.
2: Well, that's exciting because we will also be a stagecoach.
1: <laughs> and oh, you guys what are your tips for anyone who has not been a stagecoach before?
0: I've only been to Coachella and everyone has told me stagecoach is so much more chill and fun. Cool. I'm personally not a country music person, but I can appreciate it. And, and now you're in Nashville, so... <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just gonna go with it. And I like to dress up like I'm a country person. So,
1: cute. Bring on the cowboy
0: Run with that. Yeah. Is there anyone you are excited to see? (laughs) I like Carrie Underwood a lot. Honestly, I haven't really looked at who else is playing, but my boyfriend is very excited about a bunch of people. So, cool.
2: Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I noticed um, as I was looking through some of your content too, you were talking about Coachella and the toxic influencer culture that you've experienced or witnessed from that and then also you mentioned something that i think i don't know if you came up with this but joko like the joy oh, no. jomo joy of missing out instead of fomo fear of missing out so i kind of want to unpack that a little bit just because everyone like festival s- festival season is upon us it's everywhere mm-hmm. it's on everybody's pages all over instagram you know influencer olympics people call it what you've been very close to that whole scene so i'm kind of interested to hear your opinions on it and why you feel like you have a joy of missing out with us here. Yeah,
0: I mean Coachella is super fun if you go for the right reasons. Like if you're going to go um as an influencer for work, it's not going to be a lot of fun because you're working and you're stressed about getting the photos and these girls have contracts to post a certain amount of images during the weekend. But if you're going with your friends just to have fun and you don't really care about getting photos, it's so much fun. And I went twice and I did the car camping, which I loved. But the thing about like Revolve and Coachella, it's like people on social media are like, oh, influencers have taken over, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, Revolve Festival is not the same thing as Coachella. I yeah. think people think that they're the same thing to completely separate things like revolve was kind of genius where they created a festival during the day where no one really is going to coachella because it's the smaller artists Mm -hmm. and so they created their own festival and it's just like a bunch of branding it's meant for influencers it's not meant for like just a big pr stunt yeah and it's a content day that's what it is it's work you have these brands who set up fake fun for you to go capture fake fun and that's the whole point of it um and it's work like that's just what it is so I think people when people make fun of influencers for doing that stuff it's like well that's technically their job I mean they're true a lot a lot of them are getting paid to be there and that's what it's for you know it's not for people to go and like have fun it's for you to go and take pictures like you're having fun
2: it all seems so dystopian doesn't (laughs) it
1: Yeah, it's a crazy world for sure. I heard on the morning toast they referred to Revolve Fest as content farming. And I thought that was very popular, (laughs) that whole phrase. But I think it's very accurate too on what's going on Mm -hmm. at all of these events.
0: Yeah. And I mean, for them, it's pretty genius because they've created an environment where you, if you get invited, you feel like you are sitting at the cool girl table in high school. And which is why influencers will do anything to go. And a lot of them aren't being paid to be there. You get, um, a clothing credit in exchange and you're just happy to go because you feel like they see you and a lot of them they have their favorites for sure that they pay it's just like a very high school environment I haven't been on a revolve trip when I see the behind the scenes of it and I see the videos I'm like yeah I have joy of missing out because mm. I am an introvert and it looks very stressful and you have to be on and you have to be the most fun and you're worried about not getting invited back and it just seems like a lot of stress that I'd I couldn't handle. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I did not come up with Jomo. I feel like I've known about that phrase for a long time, just because I'm always like, you know, a lot of people have FOMO, but you know, I have Jomo. I have. I'm glad I'm missing out. I I'm don't
2: start using FOMO. that. I think that's so fun. I'd never heard it until I heard you say it. So I'll just pretend like it came from you.
1: <laughs> so at all of these events, obviously, um, there's a ton of drinking going on, and you've mentioned how it kind of alcohol can become kind of a crutch. I kind of want to hit on that a little bit on what your thoughts are.
0: I mean, I think anything like you go anywhere and there's drinking involved. You go to a movie theater, there's a bar. You go to bowling, there's a bar. You go to the pool, they have pool service that you can order drinks at. I mean, you can go anywhere and there is an option to drink alcohol. And, I think a lot of people, and me, especially during the pandemic, use alcohol as a crutch, and especially socially, I used to use it as a crutch a lot. Like, I would need to have a drink in order to be able to, like, talk to people. But, you know, as you get older and kind of, like, grow more into yourself, you don't really need that crutch anymore. Mm -hmm. But definitely during the pandemic, I was, like, self-medicating with alcohol. I mean, my parents had the news on every day and all these horrible things going on in the world. I was like, oh, my God. So stressed (laughs) out, I need a drink. Yeah. And Kind of, I feel like a lot of people yeah. felt that way, especially because there was nothing else to do. Yeah, and even Definitely, at an event,
1: yeah, I think even at an event, the act of having a drink in your hand gives you something to do. That's just not as purposeless as just trying to talk to someone. Something, something to, do to do with, with your hands. hands. What do I do
2: with my hands? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so true,
1: especially because we know
2: statistically the use of alcohol and substance abuse has gone up so much during the pandemic, which is really sad. And now it's just continuing because we're getting back into the real world and we're getting back out there in those social settings. And we haven't had the practice in a long time of being in those settings. And so... It makes a lot of sense why that's happening. And I think it's going to be so interesting in like 20 years when we look back at this time and we study all of the effects that all of this had, because we're still kind of in the middle of it right now. So it's hard to get perspective that way. But there's going to be a lot of studies to come out of the last three years. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It's going to be crazy. A big part also of your platform is talking about body confidence, and part of your story is really, really interesting. So, you obviously have a very famous sister, Miss Taylor Hill, and she is a huge model. Um, if you don't know who she is, look her up on Instagram, and you'll know who she is. You'll recognize her face. So, um, tell me what it was like growing up. You talk a lot about your situation with your family growing up with just tall and slender sisters and having a genetically different body type than them, which can be such an interesting situation to be in. And you're very open and very authentic and vulnerable about that. So I'd love to kind of open the conversation up with that and talk about how that affected your psyche later on as you grew up.
0: Yeah, I mean, my sister started modeling when she was 14 and I was 16 And even before that, both my sisters are naturally super tall, very slender. I mean, my little sister McKinley can wake up, eat a pizza pizza for breakfast. Like there's no, they are (laughs) metabolism blessed. Like people say models don't eat. Okay, these models can eat. Like it's unreal. And I'm very different. Whereas if I eat a lot of the same foods, my body changes unlike theirs. And even my brother, he's 6'4", super thin, like before the pandemic started, he was weighed less than me, my little brother. And when you're the biggest in your family, it can really mess with you, especially like growing up. You're When you have sisters, you're just automatically going to compare yourself to them mm-hmm. no matter what, whether it's like hair, looks, body image. Like it's just what sisters do, and especially when you're close in age. I traveled with Taylor after high school. And we would live with a bunch of models. So not only was I surrounded by my family, but I was also living with these girls. And some of these girls had very toxic ways with eating. Like a lot of the modeling industry is very toxic, especially when it comes to food and body image. So I just kind of like tried to be their size in a really unhealthy way, like very restrictive with food and like working out all the time and like punishing myself but in reality like i was just never meant to have their body i'm more curvy i have boobs i have a butt i have hips i have thighs and we're just different and it took me a long time to realize that being different is okay i don't have to look exactly like them
1: mm-hmm. so
0: it took me a while to get there but yeah growing up it was it was an interesting thing to be the biggest person in your family for sure i mean my mom wears smaller jeans than me
2: you know what's so interesting I was gonna ask if one of you like your siblings took after one parent and you took after another but it sounds like it was just more of like a I don't understand how genes work but that's just really interesting
0: yeah, yeah I mean my dad ha- recently went through like a super health lifestyle change he um cut out all like unhealthy food he is kind of doing like it's called lectin-free Um, He read the book, Plant Paradox, and it kind of like changed his life. So he was, he was heavier before. And then like five, I think it was five years ago, he went through a huge lifestyle change and lost all this weight. He went off like all his medications. He had like, he was on like heart medications and stuff. Mm So it wasn't always like that. You know, my family now is like very much into health and fitness, which is great. Um,
1: I think my looking back, do you remember being very, very young and being affected already by how you noticed you might look a little bit different from one of your sisters?
0: No, it really only happened when I was like 16, 17. I think I just didn't care before.
1: Like, I wasn't into
0: clothes. I wore like very long basketball shorts all the time with like an oversized tee, like we all did. From Sandler my- style. <laughs> yeah, I think we literally all dressed like that. Like, we just did not care. And I don't think it was until I was going through like puberty and then my body started to change. That's when I kind of became more aware of my body. Like we would be at the dinner table and like I had bigger boobs and they would be like making fun of me that I had to wear a bra. So I would wear like three sports bras to like push down my chest so like you couldn't see that I had boobs. Brutal. And now they're like my my sisters are like, "Oh my god, you're so lucky." Like we're so jealous. But you just don't think of those things when you're younger. It's like haha, puberty. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, that
2: was something I was going to ask as well is the beauty standard obviously is there. It exists. It's changed over the last, you know, 20 years. I think it's gotten better, but it's still there and it's very much part of our society. But I also do think that it's changed a lot in the way of it's not just ideal to be tall and thin. But now we have the Kardashians that we look up to and other people like that with curves and so i was gonna ask if your sisters were also ever jealous i mean we all want what we can't have like we all want something the grass is always greener so if they've ever been like oh i'm so jealous that you have boobs or that you have an ass like it must be so nice like that sort of thing does that ever happen to
0: yeah, definitely. And that would always surprise me. But it is true. You always want what you don't have. Yeah. So it's just like, I feel like that's a part of life with everything, especially with sisters. You're always going to go And
2: when you traveled with Taylor when you were younger, was that more of because you wanted to learn the industry? Was it because it was your sister and you wanted to travel with family? Or what was kind of the idea behind going around the world with her?
0: Um, well, I was her chaperone when I was 18 and she was 17. And when she had big jobs I was chaperoning her because she was underage so that was kind of like my job right after um high school before I went to college it was kind of like my gap year of traveling and my parents were like well you're free so <laughs> I'll go with my sister <laughs> her chaperone and I'm That's very cool. responsible So,
2: Did you have so much fun or was it just very eye-opening to the issues that are still within the modeling industry?
0: It was super fun. Like I had the best time. I got to see the world and also, yeah, I saw a lot of like behind the scenes of the fashion industry and I was like, wow, I never want to be a model. I was like, Mm. no, thank you. Like it's not, people think it's so fun and so easy. No, it's grueling, super lonely. These 12-year-old girls are on their own, like, living in a model's apartment in bunk beds. Like, it is not glamorous unless you have been working at it for 10, 15-plus years. Mm -hmm. Like, you're flying coach everywhere. It's not like you're getting flown first class 17 hours. Like, it's pretty grueling. And you see the inside of hotels and studios unless you're shooting on the streets. So it's not really like she was seeing the world. She was working, and I was kind of taking her places. And then when she was working, I was off exploring by myself.
1: So... Mm -hmm. What were some of the youngest girls that were like already integrated into this lifestyle?
0: Um, a lot of girls from Russia were like 14, and they were by themselves, oh, wow. and Jeez. they had to get special visas and stuff to work. But they were alone a lot of the times. I mean, their nuts. family couldn't afford to travel. Yeah, I mean, she's lucky. She's very privileged that she had me be with her because a lot of these girls are on their own and they get sucked into promoters, mm-hmm. clubbing, drinking, drugs yeah that's so scary scary. Mm -hmm. so how old were you I guess when you
2: were 18 and Taylor was 17 was she already pretty famous at this point or was it still kind of newer for her that that her career was taking off
0: um she was working quite a bit I think her when she became super well known was when she signed with Victoria's Secret when she was 18 she was the youngest angel to ever be signed and that came queen. after we were traveling. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That's cool. So what was it like aside from growing up with just sisters with a completely different body type than you? I imagine it takes some type of mental toll also that one of your sisters is becoming mega famous. What what did that do to your your family and to your psyche too?
0: Honestly, it didn't really take a mental toll at all. Like my family and I are super close. My parents have always been Very, very supportive of everything we do. They never, if we say we want to do something, they never like questioned it or shot it down. They were always supportive and tried to help in any way. So we were very blessed to have parents who believed in us. And we're just all very proud of her. Like she has worked Mm -hmm. her ass off for years. Like it didn't come out of nowhere. It's not like my parents were famous at all. Like Mm -hmm. they were not well known. No nepotism here. She didn't have any help from that. She did it all on her own. And that to me is like the most impressive thing, especially yeah. nowadays where celebrities and influencers are becoming top models. And the modeling industry has changed so much. It's not like you work from the ground up. They care about the numbers on social media. Like these girls go to castings. Now they have to write down how many Instagram followers they have. Like it wasn't like that back in the day. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I grew up watching America's Next Top Model. Oh, yeah, definitely literally since the age of whatever <laughs> I was, like five Ashley knows I'm obsessed and I used to live on that show. So it is so interesting to how it's just completely changed with social media, like 100%. It's so, so different.
1: I kind of want to switch gears, but still in the vein of modeling about how you said there's not a ton of middle of the road representation. There's obviously traditional models. And then there was a big movement of plus size models.
0: It's an interesting size to be because you're not mid-size, you're not plus size. I'm also not super thin. So I still have the problem of when I go shopping online or I follow fashion influencers that I love that are super thin, I'm always like, I don't know how that would look like on my body type. And there are certain clothing that doesn't flatter my body. And I still have that problem when I'm going online. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if this is going to look good on me. And some brands are like having different size models. That represents size, small, medium, large, extra large, to xl which is great. But I know it is very expensive for them. So it's going to take a while for other brands to catch up for sure. Well, I guess they call it straight size because you can find your size in every single store. Like I have the privilege of going into a store and always being able to find something that fits me. Whether the sizes are off and the, it's crazy, like sizing, I can still find something that fits me. But on social media, I don't see as many you know, fashion influencers or models that are my size being photographed and working with brands.
2: That is so true. I have been saying this, like I said, I've been watching America's Next Top Model for years. (laughs) I have been saying this for so long because I think it's just now begun with like the influencer culture going on where anyone can really as long as you work your ass off, you can make a brand for yourself and you can do it on your own. You don't have to be signed with anyone. But I used to always be like, where are the girls who are normal sized, who shop at normal stores and aren't super, super curvy and aren't stick skinny? Like there was no representation there. So I think it's really cool and important that you are coining yourself as size six slash eight TikTok fashion content, because that's where most bodies land. Like we're not extremely one end or the other. So I think that's really cool. And that's one of the first reasons I started taking interest in your content too, because I'm very much in that middle size too. But I I still, I'm a very athletic build. So I feel like I still haven't seen a lot of people with super athletic body types doing fashion content. So who knows, maybe it'll be me, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, bodies are so different. There's not one body that's going to like be the representation of all of them like even in my size people will be like oh she's lying about I look thinner and I'm the same size or I blah 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 I'm like oh, no one's I'm happy. too big or I'm too small you really can't please everyone but my body's not going to look like every single person who wears my size like they're just so different you carry your weight in different ways uh hype plays a big role in that like there's just a lot of that goes into bodies. So yeah, you can't represent anyone all the time. That's for sure.
2: When you started out making content, did you kind of set out to be a voice for the body confidence movement or did that kind of just happen because that's what you're passionate about? Or were you mostly just here for fun? Like, I'm just going to make fun fashion content because that's what you're interested in.
0: Yeah. I kind of just started like, like everyone else during the pandemic. I had a lot of free time on my hands and then TikTok had just kind of rolled out and was getting popular. So I was just making all kinds of dumb videos, like the coffee thing, like just everything. And then I was in Florida with my family and I had all these swimsuits I had just gone. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do like a try on haul. Like I've seen other people do it, like the little hop transition. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll just do one of those. And it started going viral and I was reading the comments and I was kind of wasn't really sure what to expect. And a lot of the comments were like, Oh, I've never seen my body type on social media. Like you look like me. And I was like, Hmm, interesting. Okay. so I just kind of kept rolling with it and I kept doing it every day. And then I had a gene video go super viral. And then I was kind of like, Oh, I think this is like something that works. I'll just keep rolling with it. And then, you know, I think like body confidence and body neutrality is kind of like more what I tend to like talk about girls growing up my age, like we saw America's Next Top Model or like magazines, like super, super thin, like 90s models were super popular too. Like that body type was the end all be all growing up. And when my body started to change, it was like, ugh, like it was just like horrible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wish I could look like all these people that I'm seeing. So I think like being neutral about your body and like, you don't have to be positive about it every single day. I think there's a lot of toxic positivity on I social- wanted to tap
2: into this with you too because that was another thing I noticed as I was looking through too is you talk about toxic positivity and how our society is screaming at us to love ourselves. So, let's unpack that a little bit. What is body neutrality also?
1: <laughs> Real quick, I wanted to also twine into that, why body confident confident rather than body positivity? Well, the body positivity movement was made for plus size women.
0: And it's not made for someone like me, which is totally fine. I don't, I'm not trying to take away from their movement and I don't want to be, you know, all like a voice in something that isn't meant for me. So I think like body confidence and like body neutrality is more what I'm like promoting. Like body neutrality is just being like, okay, I like my, I appreciate my legs because they help me move every day. Po- toxic positivity on social media, like love yourself, scream at you, like, you have to love yourself every day, every minute of the day. No, you actually don't. Like, there are days where I wake up and, like, not feeling myself today, and that's okay. Like, it's, you don't mm-hmm. have to be positive every single day. Like, I yeah. think it's totally okay to just, if you're having a bad day, just go watch some Netflix all day, blow everything off if you can. If you can't, just get through the day and, like, just making it through the day and doing what you needed to get done and nothing more is totally fine. You don't need to like wake up and shout that you love yourself in the mirror every single day. I don't think that's very helpful.
2: Yeah, that's so true because it's almost like you feel bad when you're feeling really down and you know that you should be loving yourself and then you feel bad because you're not loving yourself enough because everyone's wanting you to do it. So it's very true. It's kind of just giving yourself that grace to Kind of Take things as they come and experience your emotions as they come and work through it because body image, unfortunately, I feel like affects every single woman. I can't speak for men because I don't know. I'm sure they go through it too, but just every single person I've ever known at some point in their life has had issues with body image and struggles from even like minor things, or even if it was just a few years during puberty to maybe it extended throughout a whole decade of their life. It's just something that's so ingrained in us. And I think it's so important to have these conversations and just be open and talk about them because it makes everyone feel not so alone.
0: Yeah. And I think it's okay to feel what you're feeling. You don't have to cover it up by like fake loving yourself. I think you can just feel the feelings and then move on. Like you don't need Mm -hmm. to dwell on them, but just let yourself feel it. And then next day, like move on. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think that helps it
2: not consume your life as much as well. Totally. Doesn't mm-hmm. It takes the power away.
1: What do you do when you feel like you're getting into a little bit of a rut with kind of the not feeling like completely confident about yourself lately, Going whether that's like a day-long phase or a week-long phase, everyone gets in those ruts. How do you kind of pull yourself out of that? I'll just have like a day where I
0: do everything I've ever – like things that make me happy. Like I'll wake up and watch Bravo for three hours – Just doing things that make you happy. I'll put a cute outfit together. I'll do my makeup. Even if I'm not going anywhere, like I enjoy like doing makeup Mm -hmm. and I enjoy putting an outfit on. And if you don't, then don't. But that's what makes me happy. I love running errands. Like I am like a suburban mom. (laughs) I loved going to Target and Costco and like Mm -hmm. running errands. I'll just like, I'll have like a day where I'm like, okay, it's Logan day. I'm going to do everything I want to do. And then that really helps me because it feels like I'm relaxing I'm not doing something because I think I have Mm -hmm. to. I'm just doing something because I want to. And that really helps me get out of rut. And I always tell people too, like if you are feeling really down about yourself for a long time, like just say one thing you like about yourself out loud. You don't even have to believe it, but just speaking it into the universe. I think if you speak negative things out, of course you're going to feel that, Mm -hmm. like obviously. And just saying one positive thing can really change it for you mind is hearing it and eventually it'll, you'll start to believe it. It's like, I think manifestation totally works. I like, I write a lot of things down. I say things out loud and a lot of it comes true. And I think it's not so much like magic of the universe, just, but you're internally, your brain is thinking about those positive things. And slowly you kind of start to make it happen without even realize that you're doing it until one day you're like, oh my God, I did just, I said that out loud that I wanted it and now it happened.
2: Mm -hmm. Do you have an example of something that you either recently or a while ago manifested that you're like, wow, I did that?
0: Probably. I think I would do, I need to start doing it again, but every month I would write down like what I wanted to happen. For a long time, I really wanted like a good management. And then suddenly, like out of nowhere, my manager reached out and I was like, oh, okay, this seems like a good fit. And then- worked out so I feel like you just put things out into the universe and you know it probably would have maybe it would have happened if I didn't say it but just the fact that I said it is kind of just I don't know just like the whole manifestation mm-hmm. thing I'm very yeah. into <laughs> do you do daily
2: affirmations as well
0: um not every day but when I remember to yeah and I like to I do the five minute journal you like write things down what you're grateful for to get sometimes I forget but I like to do yeah. it.
2: Cool. Yeah. I need to get back into that as, as well because I used to do it religiously and then I think I just kind of got off track a little bit. But I love all that stuff. I'm big into manifesting. Ashley and I, we used to talk about this a lot, especially at the beginning of the pandemic because life just seemed really- Dismal. Dark and hopeless, <laughs> if you will. Like we just had no idea. there's no end in sight. And so we're like, what do we have control over? Our mindsets and how we react to things. And so we started getting really into it, but- I do need to bring that back into my routine. Do you have a morning routine that you like besides watching Bravo for three hours? Is there like a (laughs) is there a wake up and a a ten step skincare product or what is what do your mornings look like?
0: I like to have a long morning. Like I'm the type of person where if I need to be somewhere at eight o'clock, I'm waking up at six always. Like I don't understand people who oh, I just got out of bed. I rolled out of bed and I just left the house. I'm like, what? what? Okay. Like in order for me to have a good day, I need to have like my morning. And whenever I need to do something, I'll plan two hours before and I'll wake up really slowly. I'm very slow and I will make coffee. And then I like to watch a little bit of reality TV, like, or I'll read and then I'll do my skincare. It's not like a 10 step, but it's more like a three step. More and then, manageable. Yeah. And then I'll start filming kind of during that. If I'm doing my makeup, I'll do like a get ready with me. And then I'll sit down and like plan out my day, do emails, stuff like that. So I'm kind of like working through it, but also I just take things very slow. Mm-hmm. But there, yeah, if there's a day where I have to be at the airport at 6 a.m., I'm probably going to wake up at like five.
1: What the heck are your tips for um, easily waking up when it's still dark outside? Because the darkness is an issue for me and many.
0: I think if you if you're going to grab your phone and be on it, that's just a down. You're just never going to get out of bed. So I just like I just get out. Go do something, but I've definitely there are days where I sit in my bed and like I'm I'm on my phone. I'm gonna say I'm gonna watch one video, and then an hour goes by. I'm like, oh my god,
2: oops. I was just wondering, do you do influencing and content creation full time?
0: Yes, I do. I'm also a photographer. Um, I took a break of photography during the pandemic just because I got super burnt out, but mostly shooting portraits. I might get into weddings here in Nashville. We'll see, but mostly yeah content creation every single day did you That's pick awesome. up photography
1: because you were always just seeing your sister model and you're like why not do the other end of the spectrum
0: well I took a film photography class in high school and I really loved it and I would kind of force my friends to do like photo shoots in our basement I wish I was your friend I loved it
1: do <laughs> <laughs> you still this photo shoot in your basement
0: <laughs> those photo shoots were I look back on those photos I'm like oof. oof. <laughs> And then when Taylor started modeling, I would just kind of force her to be my model. I was like, come on, let's, you know, you can practice. It'll be great. And then I moved or I went to college in Colorado State for a semester and I was doing business and I hated it. And I just begged my mom. I was like, I need to be in California. Like there's no photography here. I'm never going to make it. So they agreed to help me move out there, but I had to go to school out there. So I interned with a photographer in a magazine and I was going to school out there. And then I started working with another photographer and just kind of like learned as I went. And that was like my main goal for sure was to be like a photographer. And it's a very slow, very grueling process. You really have to start from the bottom and work your way up. And it's super easy to get burnout, which I eventually did. So the pandemic was kind of nice because it gave me kind of a career change and made me appreciate photography again because Mm -hmm. it was like, when your hobby becomes a job, it kind of loses the magic. Mm -hmm. And I was shooting a lot of influencers. What's your dream
2: kind of photography? You said you might be getting into weddings, but is there like a genre that you're really interested
0: in? I love shooting film. Like I learned on film. So I do a lot of film stuff just for fun. Um, Like editorial stuff is really great because you just kind of are free to do whatever whatever you want. And It can be super fun and, like, super out there. I love fashion photography for sure and mixing, like, fashion and film. Like, film is definitely having a comeback, Mm -hmm. which is really great. I think people don't really appreciate, like, how beautiful film really is. Mm -hmm. You only have, like, 25 or 36 chances to get the shot and you never really know what you got. And honestly, like, usually film, you like more of the photos because you have to, like, make sure you get the shot and you're not just clicking away on digital where you could take a thousand photos and like two and film. You can always find one. That's really beautiful.
2: We're big fans of film photography over here. We love to bring little um, disposable cameras on our trips when we go different places, because I feel like the pictures just look more authentic or something like they're more in the moment because you don't go back and look at it like you would a phone and say, how does it look? Do I need another one? Do I need to do something else with my hands? Like, no, you just take the picture and you move on and then you get it like yeah. a week later.
1: Or like six I mean, months that's later. <laughs> or six months <laughs> if it takes you that long. Yeah. Yeah. If you just sit with it.
2: So something we like to ask all of our guests when they come on to is if they have experienced any really good advice or any mottos or quotes or anything that you take with you throughout your twenties, um, that are just, it's just helpful to, go through and thrive in this crazy decade that we're living in?
0: I think probably the best advice I've gotten is to not take things personally, especially when you're younger, you take everything so personally and everything is so serious. I think the important thing to remember is if like someone is being mean to you or something, they're probably just having a bad day and just like, don't let it weigh down on you. I think when I was younger, I would take things so personally and I would think about it all the time and now I'm just like, I really don't care. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. I don't really care if someone's being mean to me. I'm just like, okay, whatever. That's your own problem. So I think that to me is like the best advice is just, and it makes your life so much easier.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's never about the best you? quotes
0: I've heard that relates to that topic is um,
2: other people's opinions of me are none of my business. And it's just kind of funny because it's so true. Like somebody is going to think whatever they're going to think about you. And that's what it is at the end of the day. It's not your job to try and change their opinion or anything. Like it's none of your business what people think of you. So all you can really do is just try to be a good person and make your life and other people's lives better. But yeah, there's just always going to be
1: haters out there no matter what. So most importantly, any book or podcast recommendations that you have?
0: I really love Brene Brown. I love her books. I think she's really great, and especially with, like, just being a woman and, like, being a young Mm -hmm. woman, and, like, she talks a lot about, like, being perfect and, like, what perfection is, and I think just any of her books are really great. Um, There's also a book, How to Talk to Anyone or, like, How to Influence or Talk to People. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good book to read, especially if you're, like, shy and, like, an introvert. And then, like podcasts, I honestly just listen to a bunch of pop culture podcasts. I highly, highly recommend Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. She's like my favorite. Um, I don't listen to a ton of educational ones. I listen to like the Skinny Confidential, but like podcasts to me are a way to like, I don't really wanna think about anything. Yeah. It's just kind of a, like when I'm driving, I don't listen to music, I just listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's like more of like a meditation thing. I don't really want to be paying attention super hard. For me, I I would rather read like a book than listen to an educational podcast. But I think there are some great ones out there for sure.
2: I saw that you were coming out with a podcast. Isn't it dropping today?
0: I do these little like get ready with me makeup videos on TikTok where I just like talk about Mm -hmm. something. Everyone's always like, oh, I could hear you talk for a long time. You should start a podcast. And I had one last year. So I was like, I already have everything. Might as well just change the name and throw it up there. So it's called Life Lessons with Logan. I feel like we don't learn a lot of important life stuff in school. At least I am a big proponent of college is kind of useless to me. And like we're not taught anything about the real world and things you need to know, especially in business. I have a business degree and I couldn't tell you one thing. I've learned in school. I've pretty much Googled everything or done on YouTube. Um. So it's just like lessons I've learned, and then having people on that can teach me lessons and pass it down.
2: Awesome. Yeah, we are big reading girls, so we're always looking for a new book to read. We're we're more into fiction, but I would say I've been trying to get Ashley more into some more help, self help, motivational
0: stuff. So yeah, cool. I love fiction too. Like I read a
1: bunch of true crime, like thrillers. Those are my favorite. What's a good thriller you recommend? I'd love to know. Well,
0: I'm currently reading *The Wife Upstairs*, okay. which I've heard is really good. And then I just finished. Um, I feel like it was really popular. I was really late to the game. Um, *The Last Mrs. Parrish*. Oh, I love that book. Really good.
1: I'm telling Abby to read it. I really liked it's it. So good. Yeah.
0: I was very late to it, but so was I. I. Read it like last year.
1: I read it like. I
2: three weeks ago. It's on my list, guys. I'll be the third person to read it. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us and just sharing your story. It's been so interesting hearing what it's like, because I think a lot of people on the outside have no idea what the modeling industry or anything like that is like. So it's very interesting to get a firsthand account. And thanks for being so open and honest and vulnerable about your, um, your body image journey. I think it's just great to always have these conversations and It makes people feel, like I said, not so alone and know that we're all kind of going through it together at our own pace.
1: And where can
0: people follow you? Um, You can follow me, Logan Ray Hill on TikTok and Logan Ray underscore Hill on Instagram
2: enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and go ahead and leave us a review and if you're looking for even more fun relatable comedic content follow us on instagram and tiktok at just go with it that's all for now and don't forget to just go with it